Welcome to the In Your 20s podcast, where we figure out what the we're doing in our 20s. What's up, guys? My name is Tina with an H, and welcome back to another episode of In Your 20s. Today on the show, I've got a great friend of mine, Nicole Cahan, on to talk to you guys about working on Wall Street or, you know, working from home, but technically still Wall Street. If you are interested in the business world, whether that's through supply chain, finance, operations, whatever it may be, Nicole has a lot of amazing tips for you guys in terms of the interview process, what recruiters look for, how to not have imposter syndrome and just being confident in yourself. We also, you know, do a quick little switch around from career and talk about relationships because Nicole has recently gotten back together with her ex. So we discuss when it's cool and when it's not so cool to get back together with someone. As always, if you guys enjoy the show, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the show, whether that's on Apple, iHeartRadio, Spotify, wherever you listen to the show. Please send In Your 20s to your friends. Would greatly appreciate it. I think going into 2021, it's going to be very necessary for us to re-listen to some old episodes. I've got some sick ones planned for the new year, so it's going to be freaking epic. Before we get into the episode, though, I did want to quickly mention that when this episode is coming out, we're about nine days away from Christmas for those who celebrate. I know that Hanukkah has already started and Kwanzaa is right after Christmas, And if there are any other holidays I may have missed, my apologies. But if you are anything like me and you wait to the last minute to, you know, do your Christmas shopping, your holiday shopping, this is your friendly reminder to do it right now. Some presents that I'm getting for my parents, for my mom, you know, loungewear is so in right now. Everyone wants sweatpants. So I got my mom a ton of loungewear and some slippers because – her feet get cold. (laughs) I don't think there's any other explanation for that one. For my dad, he also is into loungewear and he wanted a nice pair of sweatpants. So I got him a pair of Nikes. I can't even tell you what kind. So please don't ask me. And I'm getting him Barack Obama's autobiography because that will also be a present for me since after he's done reading it, then I can read it too. For my brother, all he wanted was money. So I'm just giving him some cash so that way he's a senior in college. So hopefully if so hopefully if things are safe around May, he can go on a trip for graduation. And then as you all know, I <laughs> I got the guy I'm seeing a Christmas gift or gifts, I should say plural, because since I am known as being the worst gift giver ever, I really need to make sure that I was on top of my shit. I don't want to say too much in case he's listening to this episode. I got him one thing that he can kind of, I don't want to give, it's so hard. I don't want to give away too much, but I guess I'll just wait. I'll wait until after I give him the gifts so that way I can fully explain it. But for his gifts, I kind of separated them into three parts, all under like 50, 60 bucks. But the categories were something sweet, something funny, and something wholesome. Now, how you might perceive sweet and wholesome, you might think they're the same thing. But once I give him these gifts, I will be able to explain it to you guys. If you are having trouble with getting your significant other or your family members or even your friends gifts, there's a bunch of different articles that you can find online, a lot of gift guides. I know Delaney Childs on Instagram, she's got some awesome gift guides as well as 
Cosmo. I recently subscribed to Cosmo magazine and honestly, guys, it's changed my life. (laughs) So definitely go check out their articles because you will find a lot that you didn't know about. And yeah, besides that, I don't think there's anything else I really have to say. Just make sure you get your orders in if you have not purchased your gifts already. Otherwise, you're going to have to go into the stores and we definitely don't want to do that. As always, stay safe, be smart, wash your hands, follow the In Your 20s account on Instagram if you haven't already, which guys, I know you all have, but you know, in case you haven't, this is your friendly reminder and we're just going to get into it. Guys, I am so freaking excited for this guest. You literally have no idea. Every time she speaks, I feel so organized. I feel like my life is put together, even though we all know that it's not. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Nicole. How are you? Hi, Tina. I'm so excited to be here. You have no idea. I'm like living out my podcast dreams right now. (laughs) I put on my Instagram story like maybe two or three weeks ago, because obviously, guys, like I want to have as many of you on the show as possible. And Nicole goes, I don't think I have anything to say, but like, it's my dream to be on a podcast. And when she said that, I was like, we're not talking about the same Nicole. Like, what? (laughs) So many resources. Like, you are literally, you're just like an encyclopedia of just knowledge. I know if I go to you for anything, you're just going to give me this great advice. You're really hyping me up right now, (laughs) Tina. It's true. Well, I mean, to get us started, so that way people get to know you a little bit more, how old are you and what is one random fun fact you've learned in your 20s so far? Okay, so I'm 22. I am going to still pretend I'm 21 for a little bit, though, because I only turned 21 like six months and then the pandemic hit. So for real, 22. But um, And then I was thinking about this fact. I was like, I need to be somewhat educational on this and, you know, real life lesson. And I would say one fact I learned or fun fact or tip, I don't know, is to bring someone with you when you're looking at your first apartment that is unbiased and will tell you if you shouldn't live there or not. Oh, (laughs) wait, is this because of a personal experience? Yeah. So I had like a really bad first like apartment renting experience and like no one went with me and I felt like pressured into signing a lease. And so I did. And it was just like a whole shitstorm unraveled after that. And if like I had someone come with me and like knock some sense into me, it would have never happened. So that is like my tip to, you know, first time renters because I feel like most 20 year olds, you know, that's your first time renting. So I mean, that's a very good tip. I personally did not see my apartment when I came. I signed the lease without ever coming to see it. So Dina, who's my roommate, she was the one to come and like look around and all of this stuff. But I always tried to be like, oh, maybe we should invite, you know, another friend or (laughs) someone else just in case because we're both pretty lax and go with the flow in terms of our living situations. I like to say that our apartment is what you would find in an early 2000s rom-com movie (laughs) because some people really want luxury and all these modern appliances and like as long as this shit works I really don't care yeah it's like whatever works for you and most of the time like you know blind renting it like works but it's just like also my luck that it would like happen like that like it would just be bad so that's just like you know a tip <laughs> I've got my only other question about this because you're being a little vague so I'm like did you get scammed was it just like it didn't look like the pictures why was it as bad as it was 
Well, like, I mean, you know, like the Rockers renting situation, you got to do it early. So I kind of had other plans and then they fell through. So I was like really late to the game and that. So I was like, I need to sign a lease with someone I know, even though it's just like not the best living situation. So I prioritized that as opposed to like what it was. And it was just like, this is an attic basically and broke some codes and things that I should not have overlooked, but I did because of that. So that's why I'm saying bring someone unbiased and like, that are, you know, removed from the situation because they'll be like, you're not living here. <laughs> so that also means not your parents, guys, because if it's up to your parents, they will say no to everything that you look at, whether they think it's nice or not. Yep. They uh, they definitely have higher standards for things like that. And you're like, are you writing the check? <laughs> <laughs> Literally, when I signed, my parents said, you you haven't even gone up. And I said, and? And they go, so you're just going to trust <laughs> Dina? I said, yeah, we've been friends for like two-ish, almost three years. I trust her. We've met her maybe twice. I said, it's okay. (laughs) We've got it. And now they love her, so it's fine. Well, I really want us to get into the conversation of career because you – I said this earlier, guys, but Nicole really has her shit together. How we know each other is through our sorority. We were on exec at the same time together. And, Nicole, you were the VP of chapter development. So it's like you were running chapter. For those of you who don't know what chapter is in a sorority, chapter is basically you hold meetings, usually once a week. You make announcements during chapter. You say what you guys are doing for the month. Um, Yeah, sometimes you have growth exercises. Nicole, is there anything to add? You would definitely know more than me. Um, Yeah, it's a lot of organizational stuff, um, I would say, and just supporting other executive board members a lot and kind of like keeping things in line that way. Um, That's how I would describe it, I guess. I think those skills also really helped as you were going into, you know, the job search process because being organized is probably the top skill that everyone says you should have on your resume and everyone says they're organized, but in reality, they weren't. They or they aren't (laughs) to get us started. So that way people know a little bit more about what you do. Like, what are you doing for work? So this is like always hard to describe, I guess, because I'm like so new and it's like very postgrad. But I work for a Wall Street bank in the operations department. So it's like not typically what people think of. It's like, oh, like Wall Street bank, like you're trading sales, all of that. So that's not my position. I'm a little further removed from that. And basically act as a support function for that. So we do a lot of back-end stuff and making sure things are hitting the books right and all the deals are going through. So that would be like a layman's term description for that. The only thing I know about finance, honestly, are the memes that I see on Twitter, the Wolf of Wall Street, even though I know <laughs> that not everyone is Jordan Belfort. But when you say hitting the books, or what does mm-hmm. that mean? So like... If you think of, you know, banking in general, it's like you have that transaction. It's like, I want to buy this stock or I want to have this loan, things like that. That's like the execution part of it. And that's just like the first step of it. There's a whole lot of steps on the back end that have to happen. And that's like where I come in and a lot of other, you know, different aspects of finance come in. It's like, there is so much more to it. It's so vast and complicated that... It's, you know, it's more than just what you see in the front end of it. So that's like what I do. And it's a lot of solving problems and like going to different teams and being like, I don't understand why this is not working for me and finding out that 
Um, so I really like that part of it. It's not it's not math or things like that, like what you think of for finance, but it's like a lot of critical thinking and problem solving. So while you were in college, did you think or did you know that the side of finance that you wanted to be on or did you have to go through a bunch of internships to realize and understand what role you wanted exactly? So I wasn't a finance major in college. I was actually a supply chain major, which has only really gotten its like day in the spotlight because of the pandemic. It's like the supply chain's broken. We can't get toilet paper. So that's what people think my major was, um, <laughs> making sure you get toilet paper. But it's just a general like business degree. So I did an internship in supply chain in procurement. And I did not like it. <laughs> and I was like, What's, I can't even say the damn word. <laughs> it's buying things that's what it is it's like yeah that's what that's exactly what it is um like buying things for your organization buying like literally anything and I did not like that and it was like really slow and I was like I cannot do this and it's too late to change my major so I got to pivot um and I was introduced to this side of supply chain because I work in operations so that's like you know kind of like the sister to supply chain and I was introduced to it from my big and me our sorority. So she, yeah. I, guys, I'm smiling because we literally <laughs> have to give Melissa a shout out. <laughs> yeah, she's the best. She's like been my role model like through all of college and like still is. So I saw her like working in it and, um, you know, she described it to me and I was like, I think that's something I would like a lot more than like what I did. And she was like, yeah, I do too. Like she knows me really well. She's like, I think you should try to do this. So then- I started applying more to the finance side of supply chain and like operations and things like that. Then from my junior year internship, I interned where I'm working now. And I was like, this is it. Like it's, I like the pace. I like the uh, nature of the work. So that's how I like figured out this is what I wanted to do. What was the interview process like? So when you had this internship in the summer, so this was the summer going into your senior year, correct? Yeah. So when did you start applying to jobs? So I started applying for my junior year internship. So like after I finished my junior year, I started applying at the end of the summer, um, like the previous summer. So like after sophomore year ended that whole summer. So even before junior year started, I started applying. For full-time jobs or for internships? For internships. Okay. So that that was internships. And then, okay, so end of sophomore year, applying for internships, obviously to get your resume looking great. And then for those full-time jobs, was it while you were interning um, the summer going yes. into your senior year? Okay. Yeah. So we had a 10-week internship and at the end, a lot of us were offered for full-time jobs after graduation. Y'all, this is <laughs> that's the other thing I be seeing on Twitter. Y'all just get... I see it in July. People who are like, oh, can't wait to be working summer of next year at so-and-so. And my ass is like, well, I can't start applying till April of my senior year of college. So talk about security. Yeah, that's. I think it's just the nature of the recruiting cycle there is that they really just like to line it up. And like for something like your industry, it's much more closer to the deadlines. Oh, literally, they'll have a job <laughs> up and then in a week and a half, that role is filled onto the next person. I go, damn, did y'all read my resume or was it the bots? <laughs> it's usually the yeah. bots, let's be real. Well, what was your interview process like into getting that internship that led to your full-time offer? Yeah, so it was 
a few interviews before we got the job. So I had my first initial like interview and that was pretty like standard, I would say. A lot of behavioral questions, nothing too technical. And that like, you know, went well. They wanted to get to know you. And then we had like another one like that. So same type of deal. They just wanted to get to know you, see what you were like, ask you about your experiences. And then we had what they call a super day interview in finance. Yeah. Um, I'm so so scared. (laughs) You said a super day and I go, for some reason that sounds so positive that it truly cannot be that exciting. (laughs) That's funny that you think it's positive. Most people would say it's like doomsday. Um, (laughs) All right. (laughs) No, it's really not that like serious. People make it out to be like the Hunger Games and it's not. Um, (laughs) Katniss, where are you at? (laughs) It definitely is intimidating though. So you come in with, I think we did probably 14 or 15 people that are all interviewing and you do a big problem solving exercise essentially they give you this like big problem and for mine I don't want to like give too many details because it's like that's kind of the idea of it is like you going kind of blind but you're working with other people and they're basically just watching to see how you interact in a team of people are you talking over people or are you like facilitating conversation making sure everyone's heard and the scary part of it is that there's like people specifically watching you yeah my eyes and they're are like so picking- big guys. <laughs> I hate that it's a lot um I don't know this was my experience with it I don't know what other people I know other people have different experiences with it but in general and They just watch you to do that. And then on top of that, you also do more behavioral interviews, like talking to three, four, five other people from the organization. So it's just a long day. So that's why they call it a super day. That is so misleading. I cannot. (laughs) I I expect nothing less. Let's be real. (laughs) It's definitely on par for jobs like this. They want to see how you interact with a lot of different people. So they put you in front of a lot of different people like within the organization And my experience, every single person I talked to is different. And I thought that was like really cool that it's not just like one type of person that you're talking to. And it was a lot, but I feel like you learned so much from it. And it's like, wow, I can't believe I just did that. So then after Super Day, was it just, did you guys have to have more interviews the day after? Or was it from there you either got a yes or you got a no? Yes. So after that, we were given offers if you got to that part. So that's when I got my offer. And like just for the timeline portion of it. So I applied for this internship, let's say September 1st of my junior year, I think is when it closed. And I was offered on October 31st. So it's a two month process. But I had that job, you know, October 31st of my junior year, and it didn't start until June of, you know, that junior year. But that's also nice for you, because then you know, once you know that you've got your internship secured, you don't have to stress out during the holiday season, even the spring semester. It's just a matter of focusing on your schoolwork because let's be real, like classes in the business school are fucking hard. I know people talk <laughs> about managerial and what, whatever, what's that other one? Financial accounting, I think everyone hates. Mm-hmm. Like, so that way you can just focus on those instead of having to think, oh my gosh, so after studying for these exams, now I have to go and stay up even later just to apply to these jobs. 
Oh, yeah. It was like another class I was taking from September to October for applying to jobs and running to the city to do these interviews. It's it's a lot. And I, you know, I feel for all the people that go through it and the people I was going through it with. It's not an easy feat. <laughs> oh, not at all. By the way, psh, doomsday. That said, uh, <laughs> well, I've got to ask you this question because I think a lot of times people especially now because recruiters are looking at resumes all of the time. And I know that you're not a recruiter, but what are some skills that you think anyone who's looking to go into the finance, I'm going to call it the finance land, like that landscape, (laughs) what are some skills that people need to have or should try to find, whether that's in other internships or whatever? The person that interviewed me told me afterwards that I work with him now, he had said to me, we really liked you as a candidate because you were a resident assistant. And we think that that possesses a really specific skill set and that you're equipped to handle these things. So I don't want to say, oh, I got my job because I was an RA. But I definitely think that experience differentiated me from other candidates. And just like what I had to go through in that, uh, dealing with like 50 freshmen uh, yeah, guys, for a really... story, like a residence. <laughs> my mom, she actually was telling my cousin, she goes, yeah, Tina was a residence assistant when she was um, in college. And I said, no, the fuck I wasn't. <laughs> such a big role to play because you really are like you're the main point of contact for all these freshmen. Or if you're in a freshman dorm, if they have a problem, they go to you. Let's say someone got too baked and they were too high. Like, you have to be the one to call the cops or whatever. I don't really know the exact protocols because I did never got caught. <laughs> Not smoking, but the drinking part. <laughs> but it's still, it's so much work. So yeah, props to you for that, Nicole. I, you know. I <laughs> yeah, so that was a lot. And I guess I would reference that experience a lot in my interviews because they ask you like, tell me about a time you did this. And I just had a lot of things to talk about, a lot of stories, a lot of stuff happened. So I was really able to lean on that. And it was really organic, like my experience from like, I wasn't faking those answers. It was like, no, I actually dealt with this stuff. Um, So I just think, you know, you're talking about like what skills to have on a resume or like what you should do in an interview. I think seek out experiences and things that are gonna make you stand out, but that are also really authentic to you. Because I think if you're not being authentic, recruiters and people that are interviewing you are going to be able to tell that. And I loved my time as an RA and I like grew so much. So I guess that like really came across in my interview and like on my resume. So I would just say, you know, do that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, you said this, you said this word that I love a lot. And it's that you said that you grew during your time as, as an RA And I think the experiences that we have, the people that we surround ourselves with, they're the ones who help us grow. And then we realize, oh, in 2016, I was this version of myself because of XYZ. In 2020, here I am. So much has changed. And this is why I've grown for the better. Now, I don't know if you realize that this is a segue, but we are fully... Oh, my gosh. She looks scared, guys. (laughs) (laughs) we're going to switch this around because you recently told me something (laughs) and I have opinions on this topic, like just based on what I've seen from 
other people, what I've listened to on podcasts, what I've seen on shows and stuff. But you've gotten back together with your ex. I like we just I could literally just do mic drop with that. You've got <laughs> mic drop. But what's your guys's backstory? If you don't mind, you don't have to tell us all the details. But what was the reason why you guys broke up? And how did you guys start talking again? Okay, so backstory. We had been together since like the end of high school for me. So like April of my senior year, and we were together until the beginning of my junior year of college. So a really long time, like two and a half years. And um, he, like I was in college, he was in the army. So did a lot of long distance and it was like really hard to do that. But we were just at a point where I felt like, I needed to go my own way a little bit and I didn't want to hold him back um, and like wanted to let him pursue all the things that he wanted to pursue without considering me because like the army is really, I don't know like the right word, but it's all encompassing and you really have to be selfish in it to get what you want out of it. So we broke up because of that and then we got back together and started talking over quarantine a covid romance guys <laughs> i knew that's what you yeah. were gonna say i was like okay yep the quarantine it really be hitting it really does <laughs> but yeah he was deployed over quarantine oh. so yeah so we were talking over that which is like fine because you know we were all stuck at home doesn't I mean, obviously, it's different where he was stuck than <laughs> us being stuck, you know, yeah. in New Jersey. But yeah, I was, you know, in having a situationship, I guess you could call it, at school. Okay. And I just realized... Before you get into the situationship, oh, Nicole, Nicole, you're <laughs> opening a box of worms. When I tell you the amount of situationships my dumbass has gotten into... <laughs> I hate them so much. And for the longest time, I was like, I'm not in a relationship with this person, but like, we're definitely more than just hooking up. Like, what are we? Situationships, for those of you who don't know, it's that really confusing middle stage. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And you just don't know. But I'm sorry to cut you off, but I really just had to say, you guys, I hate situationships. Yeah, they're not ideal. And I just realized that... I didn't like how it was making me feel and I just felt like well this is like the reason we started talking again is like I realized how well I was treated in that relationship and you know how I felt in that relationship and I never felt how I did in the situation so I was just I ended that and I honestly just texted him I was like I know this is weird but like you're like the reason I decided to end this and like Thank you for keeping my standards so high and making me like realize that I deserve more than that. And then we just kind of started talking again. And yeah. <laughs> so basically, you're the one who, without like trying to start anything, you slid in to like the messages and then, oops, I did it again. Y'all are together again. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like that though, because I think a lot of times when people hear like, oh, I got back together with my ex, there's reasons why people break up and I think for you guys it was main it was situational you know like by the way that you're describing it neither one of you did anything wrong or it was merely just because of the situations that you're in at the time and like you said you needed time to grow he was doing his thing in the military it just made sense at the time for you guys to break up and now you're both a little bit older you're a little bit wiser also an older man we love to hear it 
<laughs> I think, yeah, so awesome. But I think for um, some of our listeners, what do you think are some reasons why people shouldn't get back together? Well, I think if it ended for like a bad reason and it was a blow up or things, you know, or you're compromising on things that you don't want to compromise on and that's why you broke up. I don't think you should get back together with someone like that. But I mean, I can only draw on my experience. Like I know from past, you know, in that break, um, just like experiencing different things. Like I never felt how I feel with him now. So it's, it's hard for me to say like, oh, you shouldn't get back together for like this reason. But I think if you're compromising things that are your, like, if it's a deal breaker, don't go back just because. It's a deal breaker for a reason. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I think off the top of my head, just some things that I think for me would be deal breakers. Um, I think if someone were to like smoke every day, I truly don't care what anyone does. But if you have to smoke and when you wake up, when you go to bed, for me, that's a deal breaker because that is a dependency. That's mm-hmm. a dependency. And there are healthy dependencies like, oh, I have, I can't go to bed without reading. Love that. That is fantastic. Couldn't be me. Love that for you. But I think when it comes to something that is classified as a drug, just as if, if I were to say, oh, I have to have a glass of red wine every night or I can't fall asleep, I'd be like, all right, Tina, this is a problem, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you have to hold your partner to the same standards that you hold yourself and then you will find a balance there because if you know you're letting your guard down for them or like oh you're letting dropping your standards for them then you're gonna ultimately not be happy in the end yeah for sure and also I don't know we really don't need to say this but for for the girls the guys the gays all of you if they cheat, if they're toxic, if they yell at you or any like or super aggressive, please escape. Find find the route where you can get out. And it's also I think that's when you really need to lean on your friends or your family or even hotlines because some people don't have friends or family to lean on in those situations. And that's when it can get really scary. Yeah, definitely. It's it's hard. It's so hard. <laughs> it's so, I feel like I, I, I don't know how much I have to offer on it, but I think you have to know yourself super well to be able to go into a relationship and then know when to pull back from it. So it starts with like, you know, growing yourself and working on yourself. Self-care, self-growth, get into <laughs> abundance mindsets. Y'all know I love those types of mindsets. I'm really thrive off of them. Well, Nicole, I want to say thank you so, so much for coming on the show. I, Girl, you know, I feel so good. I know I'm going to go to sleep happy tonight because I got to talk with you. Tina, this has literally been a dream come true. I'm not even kidding. I love podcasts. I love this podcast. Um, I'm actually kind of freaking out to listen to this and hear what it sounds like. I don't know if I'm going to get to do that. So hope I'll take your word for it and hope it sounds really good because I'll get like secondhand embarrassment from listening to it. But thank you so much for having me. Of course. And honestly, like I'm the exact same way because when I'm editing the show, I'm like, all right, this is fine. Like I can stand my voice when I'm editing it because I know it has to go out. But as soon as 
that bitch is out. Like, nope, <laughs> I am not listening to it. I don't care. But I also want to give you this time, Nicole, if you'd like, you obviously don't have to. But if you want to plug any of your socials, if there's anything that you didn't get to say beforehand that you'd want to mention, like, now's your time. The floor is yours. Go for it. Okay, my social uh, is Nicole underscore K 83 on Instagram. And if you want to connect on LinkedIn, that's cool, too. It's just Nicole Cahan. And I guess what I have left to say is I know we're talking a lot about interviewing and stuff like that and getting breaking into work and your first job. And I struggled a lot with imposter syndrome and feeling like I didn't belong there. And people would ask me all the time, like, oh my gosh, how did you get this job? And I really took like offense to it. But I would just say, have confidence in yourself and that you are there in the job that you got because you deserve it and you worked hard for it and it's yours and not anyone's to question. That is a perfect way to end it. Truly, like, mic drop. Best mic drop (laughs) ever on the show. Nicole, thank you again so, so much for coming on. And guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, Of course, I'm going to put all of Nicole's handles and info in the show notes below. So definitely go check her out. And if you guys want to be a part of the In Your 20s community, feel free to follow along on Instagram. That's at In Your 20s, 20s with a Y-S, not an I-E-S. Feel free to tell your friends about the podcast, subscribe, rate, review, do all that stuff. So that way I can be a happy bean going into 2021 because we know sis is coming way faster than we thought it was. Like, I'm so nervous. I haven't bought any Christmas presents. But yeah, Nicole, thank you again so much for coming on. And I'll talk to you guys next Wednesday.